From Happy Cat Studios in Indianapolis, Indiana, it's time for the Rick's Rambles podcast for the week of August the 14th, 2023. Let's get right into our fun facts for this week. Fun facts. Who remembers the TV show WKRP in Cincinnati? I know I sure do. It remains one of my favorite TV shows. What a great show that was, and it's really held up well. Today's fun facts are all about WKRP in Cincinnati. Number one, the WKRP call sign is a reference to, well, crap. That's right, WKRP was supposed to make us think of crap. I had no idea about that, so I started reading for this segment. Number two, they almost didn't use that call sign because there's a real-life radio station in Cincinnati, Ohio, whose call sign is WKRC. It's still going strong, and the producers of the show were afraid of legal trouble from that station. So they called the station and told them their plans, and the station said, we think this might be great publicity for us. Go ahead and use it. You may remember that WKRP was shown on the CBS network, and that iconic opening scene with the skyline of Cincinnati features a prominent radio tower. The only thing is, it's not a CBS radio tower. It's an NBC radio tower. Dr. Johnny Fever, what a great character, and it bolted Howard Hessman to fame. He did such a great job, but he was not the first choice to play that role. That role was actually offered to David Cassidy of the Partridge family, and he turned it down. I got to tell you, I cannot imagine David Cassidy playing Dr. Johnny Fever. We're all familiar with the theme song, Baby, If You've Ever Wondered. Wondered Whatever Became of Me. You sang it in your head, didn't you? I know that I did. Have you listened to the end theme? It's just gibberish. It was supposed to be just an instrumental recording, but the composer started scatting. That's kind of like jazz singing. It is a kind of jazz singing over the saxophone, and they left it in there. WKRP was instrumental in helping some musicians get started, including Blondie. They came out with the song Heart of Glass. Who remembers that? And it really was going nowhere. And it was featured in an episode of WKRP. And it started charting and later ended up being a gold record. And Blondie credits WKRP partially for their success. Well, there's a very prestigious award in entertainment called the Humanitas Award. It's for shows or groups that have done a humanitarian service. And WKRP won a Humanitas Award in 1981 for the episode Venus and the Man, in which Venus Flytrap, he is such a great character, played so well by Tim Reed, helps a young black teen stay in school. Lonnie Anderson, of course, was a huge part of that show, and after season two, she realized her star power and asked for a huge salary increase. The producers, realizing how much a part of the show she had become, allowed her her salary increase, and she stayed on with the show. And lastly, music copyright is a convoluted, involved, and funny thing, and I've often wondered how WKRP got by with playing radio hits on their show, because that's very difficult to do. That's why I don't play music on this podcast. Well, I learned something in researching for this podcast. They got by that because they didn't film the show. You know, usually when you watch shows from that era, you'll hear on the end filmed in front of a live TV audience. They didn't film it. They videotaped it, and that was an important distinction and allowed them to play that kind of music on their show. That's also why it took so long for the show to come up on DVD, because they had to work out all the music copyright issues. There you have it, a few fun facts about WKRP. It's time for our good news story of the day, and I've always been of the opinion that each of us 
has the ability, the opportunity to change a little corner of the world, whether we recognize it or not. And I love stories where folks seize that opportunity. And that's what today's good news story is all about. One day in the Bronx, a first grade teacher sat down in a barbershop for a trim and one of his students walked in, sat down and started looking antsy. He thought to himself, what a perfect opportunity for this young man to practice reading. A thought that changed Alvin Irby's life, and in five years' time, he's filling dozens of barbershops around the country with free books to trim back childhood literacy. His nonprofit, Barbershop Books, has delivered 50,000 free books to more than 200 barbershops in predominantly black neighborhoods in 24 states, leveraging the fact that in black American communities, barbershops are like community centers where people congregate naturally. Barbershop Books inspires black boys and other vulnerable children to read for fun, Irby told CNN, as he was recently honored as a CNN hero. We install a child-friendly reading space in the barbershop. Key to these reading spaces are bookshelves that display the covers of books rather than the spines, helping kids who may be interested in reading seize the opportunity for themselves, whether they're in the barber's chair or they're waiting on their dad, uncle, grandfather, or friend. Irby teaches the barbers in all these shops how to help encourage kids to read, such as by asking if they like to read or what they think about one of the books in the shop. The barbers are the key for another reason as well. We are putting, I love this, I love this so much. We are putting books in a male-centered space. Less than 2% of teachers are black males, and many black boys are raised by single mothers. Black boys don't often see black men reading, genius, and touching. At heart, the idea is not just about enriching a child's mind, but improving their proficiency in school, where Irby, who teaches kindergarten and first grade, says it's pretty much the only place that he sees kids reading. He says that if the only time a kid practices piano at the piano lesson, his progress is going to be really, really slow. If the only time a kid reads in school, his progress is going to be really, really slow. At the moment, he's developing a school curriculum addition to help students identify their own reading preferences. Keeping the theme within black culture, the program is called Reading is So Lit. I love that. Helping pre-K to fifth grade students explore, understand, and articulate their reading preferences increases self-awareness and social awareness. And Reading is So Lit uses self-assessments and AI to generate actionable, strength-based data about the reading content and conditions that students find personally meaningful and engaging. It's already been successfully trialed in schools. As sophisticated as this program is, Irby's passion is still derived from interactions like the one which started it all, the kind that take place in the neighborhood barbershop. I love this story. I so appreciate all of you coming along on this journey with me to try to make the world a little more positive place. And don't forget, my journey into making the world a more positive place doesn't end with the podcast. It kind of begins here, but you can find Rick's Ramble spreading positivity on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And I hope you'll follow along on those platforms for unique content on all of those platforms. If you'd like to support what I do, the easiest thing to do is simply share it on your own social media and let folks know what you're listening to. If you'd like to support financially, I've partnered with a company named MyFollow. It's a company that sells wildlife tracking bracelets and they support 
wildlife conservation, and positive content on the internet. These bracelets are amazing. I'll put a link in the show notes and you can purchase one for yourself. Also, if you'd like to do something, you can just buy me a cup of coffee and I will put a link there also. Once again, I appreciate you being a part of my journey. Well, we've got another nostalgia segment this week, and it's a little bit of a different one. It's not about music or TV. It's a list of some really popular restaurants that don't exist anymore. I'm curious how many of these you remember. How about Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips? I love that place, and that was my first introduction to fish and chips, I believe. I believe they're around my hometown before Long John Silver's was, and I remember really, really liking Arthur Treacher's. And it was my first experience with multiple vinegar also. Man, I love that stuff. Another one, Burger Chef. Who remembers Burger Chef? Do you remember the mascots? Well, that was Burger Chef and Jeff. Who remembers Burger Chef and Jeff? How about do you remember their logo? Not their logo. Do you remember their slogan? It's Incrediburgable. I love Burger Chef. That was our high school hangout after church on Sunday nights. It was right down the road from our church. I have no idea how many hours I spent in Burger Chef. Chi-Chi's. Who remembers Chi-Chi's? Now, I was a big Chi-Chi's fan. And that was my first experience that I recall with, quote, Mexican, unquote, food. And I remember it being really, really good. A lot of these restaurants I'm mentioning are responsible for my first experience with a certain type of food. And this one is no different. Howard Johnson's Fried Clam Strips. Holy cow, I loved Howard Johnson's. How about Kenny Rogers Roasters? Remember that? I don't think we had any around where I live. Lofner's Cafeteria was a huge deal. And in the South, if you're from the South, you probably remember Minnie Pearl's Fried Chicken. Man, that was some really good stuff. And also in the South, Pofolks. Who remembers that? That was owned by Bill Anderson and later by Burt Reynolds. Sambo's Restaurant. Who remembers Sambo's? And we'll wrap the list up with the Showbiz Pizza Palace. <laughs> we had a Showbiz in Muncie and I really liked it. There you go, some restaurants that don't exist anymore. And it's time for our special days for this week. Today, Monday the 14th, is National Wiffle Ball Day, National Creamsicle Day, and all week this week, it's Afternoon Tea Week. Tuesday the 15th, National Best Friends Day, National Lemon Meringue Pie Day, and it's National Leathercraft Day. Wednesday the 16th, National Bratwurst Day, National Roller Coaster Day, National Running Day, and it's National Tell-A-Joke Day. Thursday the 17th is Baby Boomers Recognition Day, National Number 2 Pencil Day, and it's Black Cat Appreciation Day. Friday the 18th is Mail Order Catalog Day, National Fajita Day, and it's National Kool-Aid Day. Saturday the 19th is National Root Beer Float Day. It's International Geocaching Day, and it's National Hot and Spicy Food Day. Sunday the 20th is National Bacon Lovers Day, National Lemonade Day, and National Radio Day. That's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Rick's Rambles Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and listening. Please take a moment, share it on your social media, let folks know what you're listening to, and until next week, be kind to as many people as you can as often as you can. We'll start right now and we'll make the world a better place. <laughs>